Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Let me just remind you to uh, stay involved in prayer. Amen. The prayer is the, uh, is the thing that uh, God uses our prayers to accomplish his will. Amen. And so if you haven't been coming out on Monday nights for prayer, you need to start doing it. Amen. You don't have to make a lifetime commitment. Just try it a few weeks. If you don't ordinarily come, just say, well, I'm just going to give it a try for a few weeks. And uh, you'll find out that prayer is something that's very dynamic, very powerful, and a great blessing. It'll enrich your life. Amen. So come and be involved in that. Amen. also want to encourage you to be faithful to the building fund. Building fund is down this month uh, quite a bit. We need to boost that up. Uh, I think there's a payment first to next week, the end of next week. So uh, I want to encourage you. You know, I know Pastor Angela and I, anytime we receive any unexpected money or, you know, uh, income that's, you know, out of our uh, routine income, anything extra we receive, of course we tithe on it, but we also always give an extra offering to the building fund over what we would normally have done. So I encourage you to do that, amen? And be faithful, glory to God, we're going to pay this thing off early. Hallelujah. We're on track to pay it off early. We want to stay on track. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, by direction of the Holy Spirit and my wife, (laughs) my holy wife, (laughs) we're going to talk about favor again tonight. Amen. Praise God. What is favor? Well, if you look in the dictionary, you'll find that uh, if you look up the word as a noun, it means friendly or kind regard. Number two, goodwill. Number three, approval. And number four, unfair partiality. Unfair partiality. As a verb, it means to prefer or to to be partial to. So to be favored is to be regarded or treated with favor. uh, Or it means provided with advantages. Or it means specially privileged. And so we're talking about God's favor. Or uh, more, more accurately, how God favors us. Favor is a blessing that belongs to God's people. Say it like this. God, in in response to our love and our uh, uh, heart and the fact that we've become his children, he automatically extends favor to us. Say it a little more directly. God treats us better than he treats people who aren't his own. God shows partiality to his own children. Amen. How many times have you read, how much more will he respond to those who've responded to him? No, God treats his own with with special favor. Special, you know, uh, 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 even what other people would consider unfair partiality. Well, you know, any parent is partial to their own children. In fact, if you're not, you're not a good parent. You take care of your own first, isn't that right? Doesn't mean that you do anything to, uh, to uh, uh, undermine someone else's well-being or some other uh, child, but you're going to take care of your own. Why? It's, it's your obligation. You're charged with the responsibility as a parent. Your, your children depend on you. You're responsible for them, isn't that right? Well, God is responsible for us, and we depend on him. He will take care of us. And so that's something that uh, uh, Christians need to be aware of because it's a very powerful fact that you can exercise your faith for and and actually uh, uh, have faith in God's favor and you'll see yourself advancing in life and enjoying blessings when other people around you, either either they're not born again or they just don't know how to exercise faith in the, in the plan of God and the work of God and the word of God. You know, they won't enjoy the blessings that you have. But the good thing is there's enough favor for everybody. God will favor the, the people at work who right now don't have favor and aren't getting any favor. God will favor them just like he will you. Amen? And so you, that's good news that you can share with people. Hallelujah. And so uh, last week we looked at a number of scriptures and just so 
uh, we have a good uh, foundation. I'm going to read, just read over those scriptures, not comment on them. There's, a, there's two or three I'll comment on a little later and then go into some more scriptures we didn't look at last week. But uh, just to remind ourselves of what we read and to lay a scriptural foundation about God's people being favored. In Psalm 512, and I, just, I have these printed out, so I'm just going to read them. And uh, you can mark these down in, your, in, in a note and you go back and read them, read them later if you want to. Psalm 512 says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. Psalm 8411, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. The, uh, new, uh, the NIV translation says, The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem. Notice, favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 35. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Whoever finds me, this is wisdom personified, is speaking as though wisdom is a person. We know wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, Proverbs 16, verse seven, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. And then over in the New Testament, just to make sure people stay balanced, you know, it's not just an Old Testament blessing. In the New Testament, we find out in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, that Jesus, as a young man, 12 years of age, says to Jesus, increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And uh, we saw that in his life. We looked last week in Mark chapter 12, verse 37. We noted that Jesus very often uh, experienced persecution. Very often the religious people were against him and, and uh, at best they were, they were leery of him and suspicious of him. And, in, and as his ministry progressed, they turned violently against him. But it says the common people heard him gladly. He had favor with man. And then in the book of Acts, talking about the church, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Notice the church praised God and had favor with all the people. That's normal. It is. We should not have a persecution complex. Amen. It's God's plan for the church to have favor not only with himself but with man. It says the church, breaking bread from house to house, ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, of heart praising God, having favor with all the people. And then we looked into the life of the Apostle Paul. We saw that very often he had a very unusual favor. Again, we pointed out last week that sometimes we are inclined to think of the Apostle Paul as having a life of misery and, and rejection and trouble and persecution. And he did have many uh, persecutions. He did suffer many things. And he talks about those things in his epistles. But if we're not careful, that's all we see. We found out from looking at the scriptures last week that he was also a man that enjoyed the favor of God. In Acts chapter 16, when he and Silas were in prison, you know, the, the angel came, or the, the Lord shook the prison rather with an earthquake, and the doors opened, and all the bands came off off the prisoners, and the uh, j jailer, thinking that all the prisoners had escaped, had escaped when he came in and was going to kill himself. Paul said, no, don't kill yourself. We're all here. That was a major miracle. Verse 33 says, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. How many, how many prison guards do you know of that, are, that would wash the stripes of their inmates? No, it says they washed, he washed their stripes and immediately he and his family were baptized. And now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. So here the jailer who was charged with keeping Paul in prison washes his stripes and brings him into his house and feeds him. And uh, that was unusual. In Acts chapter 27, whenever he was in route, you know, on the ship uh, sailing to, to Rome, 
It says when it was decided, verses 1 through 3, that we should sail to, to Italy, they delivered Paul and some other prisoners to one named Julius, a centurion of the Augustan regiment. So entering a ship of Ad, Ad, Adramidium, we put to sea, meaning to sail along the coast of Asia. Aristarchus, a Macedonian of Thessalonica, was with us. And the next day we landed at Sidon, and Julius, this uh, centurion, treated Paul kindly and gave him liberty to go to his friends and receive care. Now, again, that's uncommon. That would, that's, that would be uncommon today for someone charged with keeping prisoners to let one of them, well, just, just go on to your friend's house and, and uh, you, know, uh, you know, get some food and enjoy yourself, relax. Just come on back. That was, you know, a hundred times more uncommon then. Amen. And then later, the, whenever the ship had, had suffered all of the uh, trauma at sea and travail and so forth, and uh, the, the soldiers were going to kill all the prisoners because uh, they didn't want them to escape. If the prisoners escaped, their lives would be in jeopardy. And it says in verses 42 and 43, the prisoners' plan was to kill. The soldiers' plan was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim away and escape. But the centurion, wanting to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to land. You notice Paul had tremendous favor here. Amen. The soldiers wanted to kill him. He, he, he was able to live. But notice he still had to swim with the others. Amen. You know, we, we still have to walk this out every day. Isn't that right? In uh, chapter 28, verse 7, the natives on the island there in Malta showed us unusual kindness. Not just kindness, but unusual kindness. For they kindled a fire and made us all welcome because of the rain that was falling because of the cold. And in that region, verse 7 says, there was an estate of the leading citizen of the island whose name was Publius who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. And, and that's unusual. That's, that's favor of the Lord. And it happened that the father of Publius laid sick of a fever and dysentery. <clears throat> Paul went into him and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, he... The rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. They also honored us in many ways. And when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. And so we saw that uh, even in the New Testament, we see it scripturally balanced that believers can expect favor from the Lord. We can expect that the Lord will cause those who deal with us to treat us better than ordinary. Amen. <coughs> We read also about how God favored the Israelites. In Exodus, Exodus chapter 3, uh, the Lord said, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. You have to understand that the Israelites were slaves. And so uh, this was tremendous favor. Chapter 12, verses 35 and 36 says, Now the children of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, and they had asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. And then talking about this in the book of Psalms, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 44, verse 3, talking about the children of Israel when they left Egypt, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor did their own arm save them, but it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance because you favored them. Now, when the children of Israel were delivered from Egypt, they were delivered and God showed them great favor. Then they were instructed to go in and take the land. Well, they did have to use their sword, but it wasn't their sword that delivered them. It was the favor of God that enabled them to possess the land. Amen? We read these scriptures over in the New Testament. In Galatians chapter 3, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Well, the blessing of Abraham obviously then includes the favor of God. Well, we as Gentiles, formerly Gentiles, are born again, now we're part of the church, but uh, the blessing of Abraham has come upon us just, to, just like it came on the Jews through Christ Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord will command the blessing on you. <clears throat> the Lord will command 
the blessing on you? Have you put your faith in God commanding the blessing on you? Amen. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and to all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless, again, all the work of your hand. Well, that's part of the favor of God. In Psalm 75, verse six and seven from the King James Bible, it says, for promotion comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Promotion that, that we're talking about doesn't come from man, it comes from the Lord. Amen. We need to have our faith in God for promotion. God will promote you. In, in everything in life that you're in, involved in and endeavoring to do, everything that, that uh, is your place in life, whatever it is you're pursuing that's, that's scriptural, that's in, in line with the word of God, God will promote you. Amen. But you have to put faith in his promotion. It won't, just like uh, uh, none of the blessings will just automatically happen without faith. James said, with, you know, without faith, don't let a man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Well, last week we talked about favor in the workplace. In other words, as a, in your profession, as a worker, as an employee, where you, where you work or, or, uh, and so forth, God will give you favor. We talked about favor in business. If you're a business owner or you run a business, God will cause you to have favor. In other words, if that's what you're putting your hand to, if that's what, if your business is your livelihood, God will bless that. Amen. I had somebody just this week tell me that last year, they owned, someone in the church, they have a business. I would tell you it was, but I didn't get their permission to and just decided to tell you this. Uh, but uh, just last year, beginning of, or just this year, beginning of this year, they made a decision to start, to start tithing on their business income. And this man just told me uh, Monday or Tuesday that this year, he just looked at his, work, his books, and this year his business, uh, the, the, uh, the value of his business is, what did he say, two? Do you remember what it was, 144%? Something like that. Uh, times what it was last year. And, and I, I'm, I thought he said two times. Anyway, uh, his business has increased. How, how did that happen? God granted favor. Because why? He started acting on the word in a particular area and God will give you favor. In his line of work, other people are, are losing work. But he's, he was telling me, other people, I don't know what we're gonna do. You know, we're just we're having hard times. He said, I've got, I'm turning away work. I've got so much work. Well, praise God, that's the favor of God. Amen. Favor as a Christian. You know, in Acts chapter two, it says that uh, uh, the church just as they worshiped God and praised God and, and went about their business, that uh, they increased in favor among people, that, the, that people saw them favorably. It, it's, a, it's a wrong attitude to think, well, because we're Christians or because we're uh, 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 Pentecostals or because we're this or that, that you know, we're gonna uh, be criticized. You know, sure, people will criticize, but stop putting your faith in that. Start putting your faith in, in the fact that, that, that God will favor you. God will cause people to favor you. God will cause people to look favorably upon you. Isn't that right? Amen. Glory to God, not only as, a, as an individual, but also as a church. So I have a few things here that, uh, that I wrote down, uh, seven points that I want to get to tonight about favor, uh, e either, as a, uh, on, either in the workplace or just in your life in general. Number one, as an employee, if you want to have favor, and I, again, let me, let me also go back. Last week, I, I told you a little bit how I proved that out on the job, that I went from a place in, in my work Years ago, before I went into the ministry, I went from a place of being, uh, uh, people didn't have much respect for me. Now, you know, it, it, it's not that people didn't like me. I, I've got a decent personality, you know, and people liked me. I was a good old guy, you know. But uh, a little bit of a big mouth, but other than that, you know. Uh, uh, but because of my, 
views on things. I was out of step with a lot of people around me. I was a radical. And uh, it was a very conservative time. And I was a very liberal-minded person. And, uh, and so people didn't respect me. They didn't respect my opinions. Like I said, they liked me. I was working on a job one time. And I used to work in the telephone office and uh, in the main office. And we had these bays of equipment. And, uh, you know, there were racks of equipment about, you know, about so wide and about uh, 15 or maybe about 10 to 12 feet high. And just bay after bay, line after line of these things. And you'd be behind them working, you know, rewiring something. And a, and a man, there were two men walked up in front of me. One of them knew I was behind the bay and the other one didn't. And so the, the first fellow said, what do you think about Anderson? And I'm listening to this. He said, oh, he's a pretty good guy, right? But he think he's mixed up. And I said, excuse me, excuse me, I'm back here. You know, so this, you know, I, this, this sort of stuff went on all the time. I didn't have much respect from people. But when I started serving the Lord and started living for God and, and was just, you know, uh, not pushy, but I wasn't ashamed of my testimony, all of that changed. And people began to look at me differently and I really began to pro get promoted in the company. And uh, when there were layoffs, where I should have gotten laid off, I didn't get laid off. And in the last few years I worked for that company, I worked there for a total of nine years. In the last three or four years, I worked on the, the, the sweetest of any gravy train you could work on. Because I didn't have to work in the big house, you know, in the, in the main office. I got to go out and work by myself or the crew of three or four guys that I was over. And we just go from business to business, you know, working on, on uh, what we called PBXs. And, and I, had, I had the job of all of the uh, two or three hundred installers in, in Jacksonville. I had the premium job. There's not a person there that wouldn't have given anything to get to do the kind of work that I did. Well, God promoted me. And I had favor simply because of the blessing of God. Amen? Well, as an employee, number one, do what you're paid to do. <laughs> that'll, that'll go a long way uh, in establishing your testimony. Amen. Do what you're paid to do. That means get your work done. Amen. Amen. You know, if, you're, uh, if you uh, are a business, what is your business? Do what you're paid to do. Whatever people are paying you to do, do it for them. Amen. You know, if you're, if you're working for somebody, do what they pay you to do. You're probably not being pray, paid to witness. Most of the time, you're not. Most of the time, your employer did not hire you so that you would go out on the job and witness to people. He, he probably had a different job description than that. Amen. See, we, we, those, sometimes a zealous Christian can, can think, well, I've just got to witness to everybody all the time. And really, they're discrediting uh, their testimony because they're not doing what they're paid to do. You can do your work, you know, and, 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 and do it right and be a witness. Because nobody can, can require you to not love God and let it show. Nobody can, on the job can require you to not demonstrate the, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the, and the blessing of God. Isn't that right? And so you can be a tremendous witness on the job. But first of all, do what you're paid to do. Amen. Oh, go with me over to Colossians. The book of Colossians has some real good instructions along this line. In the third chapter of Colossians, let's start in verse number 22. It says, bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Well, you know, the situation's a little different in that we don't have bond masters. We don't have slaves and, and, and so forth today. But the closest thing that uh, we can relate to here or apply this to is employers, employees. Employees, obey in all things your boss. Amen. And this doesn't mean doing things that are immoral. Amen. I, I know uh, different people have told us before 
and Pastor Angela. You know, she used to tell me she, years ago when we worked in, uh, when we lived in Oklahoma, she worked for a group of doctors. And uh, sometimes they would ask her to say things, to, to tell people things that weren't true. And uh, she just said, no, I, I can't do that. Oh, come on, just, just go in there and tell them so-and-so. She said, no, that's not, I know it's not true. So, you know, she, uh, but they respected her because of that. Even though they wanted her to do wrong because she stood her ground and said, no, I'm not gonna do anything that's un, un, dishonest or I'm not gonna lie. And so God never expects you to do anything immoral, anything wrong, but if it's within the scope of what they have the right, the right to ask you to do, and if they're paying you to, to work there, do what they ask you to do. Obey them. Amen. And uh, it goes on to say, not with eye service as men pleasers. You know, nobody likes a, a man pleaser. Nobody likes, what's another word for that? A yes man. Nobody likes a yes man. No, and, and Pastor Angela said, except the boss. No, not, not really. Not, not, if they're, not if they have wisdom, not if they know what they're doing. Amen. It says, uh, uh, obey them, but in other words, do it from the heart, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Uh, like I said, that, that applies to uh, people who uh, are working on the job, but it also applies to you who are business owners. You know, you have an obligation to do what's right towards those who work for you. In fact, down in the fourth chapter, it has, there's a verse for you. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So if you own a business, you should treat your employees fairly and justly because, you know, uh, we're going to find out that favor comes from the Lord and the reward comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from man. If you're not acting honorably on the job, did you know God can't bless you through that job? I'll say that again. If you're not behaving honorably on the job, I didn't say that God can't bless you. I'm not saying that God doesn't bless you at all. I mean, God's a very gracious God, but God cannot bless you through that job if you're not being honorable and fair on the job, whether you're a boss or an employee. Amen. Uh, so be fair and honest in all your dealings, in your dealings with the public. And, you know, if you, if you have a product or you have a service that you're offering people and people pay you for it, do what, you, what, you've, uh, what you've told people you'll do. Don't be looking for ways to get out of it. Amen. Yeah, you, I mean, you might, you, you, there's, there's, there's a certain thing in the law that talks about the intent of a contract. You know, the purpose and intent. What, what was entered into in good faith? And you and your heart, sometimes you, you might, as a business owner, might have the ability to short people or not follow through with something simply because you've got a loophole in the contract. That's not an honorable thing to do. Amen. The honorable thing to do is to, is to do what you know you and that person agreed that you would do. Amen. That's the right thing to do. If you want to have favor, if you want God's blessing on your business, then, then you have to treat people fair and honestly. Uh, it goes on to say here, whatever you do, verse 23, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men. That's so important. Whatever you're doing. Now, you might be in college. and You might just have a part-time job. You're thinking, you know, this job, I'm just going to have this job for a little while. I know this is not going to be a career. This is not very important. And so uh, I don't have to give it my all. That's not true. Because you develop habits Whatever you do, it doesn't matter how uh, uh, temporary you think the situation might be. He said, do it heartily as unto the Lord. You know, I found out that it was just in my heart. When I got in, back into fellowship with the Lord as a young man, my heart changed towards my work. I suddenly wanted to do the very best I could do. 
It's just something that came with a change of heart. It, uh, of heart. I wasn't trying to be a man pleaser or, or a yes person or, or to, uh, uh, you know, brown nose or anything like that. It was just my desire to do the best I could do. Everybody, every Christian should be that way. If you want to have God's favor, then he said, do it heartily as to the Lord, not to men. Praise God. Number three, do not look to man as your source of promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. See, uh, he, let's look at verse 23 and then go on to 24. Whatever you do, do it heartily as to heartily as the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. See, the reason you do things heartily or, or with all of your heart, enthusiastically on the job, is because it's the right thing to do. And because it's the right thing to do you're, you're, and you do it, you're living honorably, you're giving it your all, God is then free to bless you because really you're not doing it to please men, you're doing it to please God. If, if you've been hired to paint a barn, you know, and, and, and you know the, the, the way the, the person wants it painted, you know, do everything you can to please him. Do every time mean, you do, go, go, you know, if you, if you can do it better than, than how he asked you to do it, do that. But see, you're, you're, you're doing that because your attitude is, I want to be, I want to do my best for the Lord. And see, when your attitude is that way, God can reward you even if your boss is, is, you know, just a, 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 like Pastor Angel says, an SOB, son of Belial. That's, that's in the Bible, son of Belial. You know, your, your boss might be a son of Belial. I mean, just a real clown, a real jerk, you know. But when you're giving your job your all, when you're giving that boss your all, God is able to bless you. Promotion doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. And see, when you know that, and that's getting ahead of myself, these are subtle differences, but number five is to believe the Lord will reward you. You have to believe it. You have to believe the Lord will reward you because you're really serving him. Isn't that right? That's why even if, even if the economy dictates that nobody where you work will get a promotion. There's just not the money there. You know, you, there's just not, the, the conditions are that you're just fortunate just to keep your job. Don't make any waves because you're, you know, you're just blessed to even be here. Yeah, but God, God can bless you. God can give you favor. And we've had a number of people around here in, in the last uh, couple of years, you know, testify that they were, they were told on the job that nobody's getting a pay raise and then almost out of the, with the same breath, the next sentence, by my way, come in, by, by the way, come into my office and that person was given a pay raise right after they were told nobody was getting one. Well, that's that unfair partiality. Thank God for it. Hallelujah. And see, because you're, because you're doing your best and giving it your best, you're really doing that to God. It, it's unto the Lord. God doesn't really see the person. God doesn't really see your boss. He's not really, that's not the person that's important to God. God sees you giving your all for him and you need to look at it that way. You need to, you need to, you need to have faith in that, that I'm, I'm doing my best. Lord, I'm doing this for you. Do you do that? Do you go to work? Have you, have you ever done that? Go to work in the morning and say, Lord, I'm going to work today. I'm going for you. Do you think that way? I don't think very many people do. I'm doing this for you, Lord. I'm putting my, my, my time today because I love you, because I want to be a blessing, and, and I'm doing it unto you. See, that kind of an attitude, he, he's the one that can bless. He's the one that can move upon your boss. I mean, you can, all the brown nosing in the world, all of the, all of the uh, politicking you can do, God can just move supernaturally, and your boss just do things for you and don't even know why. Doesn't even know why he's doing it. Amen. We've had testimonies of that. Praise God. 
So, so number four, do not look to man as your source of promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord. And then believe that the Lord will reward you because you really serve him. Go to Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. Verse number 10. God is not unjust to forget, to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Well, I just believe that the same thing is true when you're on the job because even then you're doing it unto his name. Isn't that right? If you're doing it the way we're talking about tonight, if you're, if you're approaching the work the way we're talking about tonight or your business, your service that you provide to the community, whatever it is you, you do, if you do it as unto the Lord, you're doing it in his name. It says God is not unjust to forget your work. God is not unjust to, he is faithful. God always rewards those who live upright and do the right thing. He, he, just, he just always does. And the number six, this is real important. Understand that God's plan takes time to come to maturity. Understand that God's plan for your life takes time to come to maturity. Don't be moved by temporary setbacks. Don't be moved by setbacks. It might look like you're going in the wrong direction. It might, it just, if your boss comes in tomorrow and says, well, we're cutting you back, cutting your pay. We're gonna uh, cut your, your uh, you know, move you to a lower pay scale, lower paying job or whatever, or you might get laid off, whatever it might be. Don't be moved by that. If you're, if you're being faithful to God and you're doing what, what we're talking about here, doing your work heartily, enthusiastically, as unto the Lord, because you love him, because you just, because his, he's been so gracious to you that you want to be gracious. If that's your heart, you're doing that. It doesn't matter what happens, God will turn it around. So don't be moved by, by setbacks because uh, it takes time for God's plan to come, come to, uh, to fruition in your life. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 7. We're going to see some illust an illustration of this. Acts chapter 7, and look at verse 9 and 10. Acts 7, 9 and 10. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, have, has anybody on the job ever been envious of you? Have you ever been stabbed in the back on the job? Have you ever had somebody on the job because they, because they were envious of your uh, position, envious of, of uh, some uh, advantage that they perceived that you had, that they worked against you and, 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 and got you uh, moved out of the way or mistreated and you know that you were stabbed in the back? Well, you're not the first one. It says that the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him. <laughs> I tell you, if God's with you, if you're doing the right thing, he's going to turn it around. Amen. God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. I want you to go with me to Genesis 39. This is a remarkable, remarkable story of just how favor works in our lives. In Genesis 39, now we just read in Acts what had happened. Joseph, Jacob had these sons and, and, and Joseph was one of his sons and Joseph had a dream and he dreamed that uh, uh, Symbolically, he, 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 for instance, he, he dreamed one dream that, that uh, there were these uh, ears of corn and, and his ear of corn stood up, you know, straight and all the other ears of corn, all the other uh, uh, ears of corn fell down and bowed down at his ear of corn. And then the sun and the moon he saw in another dream that the sun and the moon and, 
and, and, and the stars all fell down and worshipped him. And his brothers and his mother and father got really ticked off at him. His, his mom and dad said, so are we going to fall down and worship you as well? And so nobody liked his dreams. But you know, they were from the Lord. He didn't use a lot of wisdom in sharing those dreams. It's not always the best thing to do to share what the Lord tells you. They, he, was, he, uh, he suffered a lot because of that, but God was with him. Now, his brothers then sold him into slavery. They captured him, took him out, put him in a pit. And then when the, some uh, traveling uh, Ishmaelites were coming by, they sold, them, uh, they sold him for uh, so many pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, and they took him to Egypt. Verse 30, uh, chapter 39, verse 1 says, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So you have to see this. You have Joseph now is, is away from his homeland. He's in Egypt. He's just a young man. He's been sold as a slave twice. He was sold to the Ishmaelites and then they sold him to this Potiphar who was an officer, uh, captain of the guard under Pharaoh. So he is just a common slave, okay? You, you might have it bad, but I don't think any of us have ever been there, okay? But the Lord was with Joseph and he was a, a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the, the uh, Egyptian. Now, Notice he was a slave, but God said he was a successful man. You can be on the very bottom of the barrel. You can be under the barrel and the barrel on top of you. But if you're doing right, God says you're a success. And if God says you're a success, you're coming up. And man cannot hold down a person that God says is a success. And God said, you're a success. Success was put in you. Success was put in you in the new birth. You became a child of God. And whenever you're doing what he asks of you, when you're practicing the word of God, <laughs> God looks at you favorably. And it's just a matter of time in between now and when your, your uh, situation changes because you're gonna come to the top. I don't care where you are. Joseph was a slave, but the Lord said he was a successful man and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now notice his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in, the sight, in his sight and served him. Joseph caught his master's eye, not just in his fidelity, not just in his good work ethic, because he had that. God saw that, or, or uh, Potiphar saw that God's hand was on this young man. This man, he, Potiphar saw that God caused everything this man put his hand to to prosper. And he took note of that. An employee wants someone that everything they put their hand to prospers. That's the kind of employee an employer wants. But notice, he had God's power working in his life. So you, you, can't, you can't have this and be poor-mouthing, talking doubt and unbelief on the job, being critical, uh, always talking about, you know, failure, talking defeat and lack and sickness and being. In other words, if, if this is going to work for you, you have to live the Christian life and be a successful Christian. It, it means living by faith, not just talking faith, not just being acquainted with faith, not just having your name on the membership role of a word of faith church. That doesn't put faith in your heart, but actually living by faith. Because see, he, Joseph was living. He wasn't just talking the talk, he was walking the walk. And Potiphar noticed that, goodness, God is blessing this young man. Hey, he's just a slave. He doesn't have anything going for him but God. And God is just blessing him. It, it, it caught his eye. Well, 
Are you living in such a way? Are the blessings of God upon you in such a way that you're catching people's eye? That people are noticing, whoo, that man is just blessed. I mean, God's just with that man. Well, again, that goes back to all these things we've been talking about. Doing what's right, but also doing it in faith. See, you can do the right thing and not be in faith. In other words, you can, you can live right, live clean, live holy, keep your nose clean, do all the right things, but do it just out of religious duty and you're not in faith and the blessing of God won't be on you, nobody notices. But, but Joseph was doing something different. He had faith in God and the Lord was causing him to prosper. So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. That's what God wants to do in all of our lives. He wants to make where you work, the, the, the blessing be upon the workplace. Amen. If you work in a department that, that has a certain uh, requirement, you know, you're, you're required to, to meet a certain goal. God, God wants you and, and me to be the kind of people that, that folks notice, you know, when that person came to work in this department, things picked up. God's blessing is not only on them, God's blessing is on, this blessing is spilling out on all of us. That's how the favor of God, the favor of God is unfair partiality, but everybody gets in on it. Amen. Everybody, that's just the nature of God. When God is blessing, everybody partakes of it. Amen. So uh, every, you know, Potiphar's house began to be blessed. Thus he left all he had in Joseph's hand and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. We'll get to that in a minute. I want you to notice that Potiphar so, was so impressed with how God's blessing was on this young man and he saw that his own house was blessed to such a degree that he gave him control over everything. And he, he said, listen, just take it and do it. What, what the Lord ministered to me Monday night a week ago is God wants to do that in, in people in this church. God wants to promote people in this church on the job and in life, but, but, but particularly the impression I, I had was, on, was in, on, uh, in the workplace. God wants people in this church. There, there are those that the Spirit of God is wanting to advance, to move up. And, and I believe he's doing it. I believe it's coming to pass. If, if you'll exercise your faith, say, well, is he talking about me? Is that for me? Take it. Just say, yes, that's for me. God wants you to, to God wants your employer to, to trust you so much that he just gives you the control of the place. Say, well, I don't want that. Well, you, you, need, to, you need to have a bigger vision then. Amen. You know, Christian maturity will we'll take you to a place of higher responsibility. Yeah. It's not a godly grace to just want to goof off and, and not achieve. To just be satisfied. I don't want any responsibility. I just, I just want to do a little bit, you know, just kind of, you know, creep along and, and uh, stay out of everybody's way. That's not what God wants. That's not what God wants. Part of our testimony and our witness to the world is in the, the degree of influence we have. And the more responsibility you have, the more influence you have in this world. Amen. And God wants, all, God wants to use you to bring the light of the gospel into to your workplace and to more and more people. Well, uh, uh, he, he needs you to step up to do that. Amen. If you're just putting in your time, just putting in my time, I got four years to retirement, I'm just putting in my time. That's not the right attitude. 
I'm not saying it's wrong to retire. I'm just saying while you're there, let God use you. Let God use you. He wants to, he wants to shine through you. But it takes a change of heart and a change of mind. So he left all he had in Joseph's hand, did not know what he ate or, or what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now, it says Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife, Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, lie with me. <clears throat> but he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does, know not what, does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept, kept back anything from me but you, because you're his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Now, this speaks to integrity. You know, he could have taken the position She's the boss's wife. I got to do what she says. You know, you, that would be obviously wrong. But you know, those kind of scenarios set themselves up all the time. You know, the, these excuses that we make, it's called compromise. Well, I know it's not exactly right, but after all, you know, no. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You, you'll never be blessed by, by compromising your integrity. Amen. Now, now, again, I'm not talking about petty. I'm not talking about just being obstinate because you don't want to do something. I've dealt with people before uh, in situations where uh, I'm thinking about a ministry situation that I was involved in, overseeing and, and getting involved in, in uh, resolving some things from some people when I was in RMEI. And there was a certain minister that what he wanted to do See, he wanted to do things a certain way and he claimed the moral high ground. In other words, everything was a matter of conscience for him. I don't know, I, I saw right through it. It's, it's not a matter of conscience, it's just the way you want to do it. Because it wasn't right or wrong, it wasn't you know, what God said, it wasn't according to the word. He just took it, you know, that this is just my, this is the way I want to do it. It's a matter of conscience. I can't give in, I can't submit. Well, uh, that's wrong. I had to tell him, no, that, that, that won't work. That's not, that's not right. So I'm not talking about things like that. I'm not talking about uh, just trying to get your way. I'm talking about in, in areas of true, where true integrity is involved, you have to stay, stay by, your, by your convictions. Amen. And because he uh, continued to keep his integrity, God's hand stayed on him. Now, it doesn't look like God's hand was on him, but you can't judge everything by uh, a close, you know, time frame. God sees things in a much larger perspective and a much greater vantage point than we do. I better hurry up. He refused and said to his master, look, my master, does, his wife, my master does not know what is with me in the house and has committed all that he has to my hand. There's none greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was conscience towards man and conscience towards God. He's saying it would be wrong to do this for my master's sake, but it's also morally wrong. And so his integrity is the thing that made the difference. So it was, she spoke to Joseph, verse 10, day by day, but he did not heed her to lie with her, with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men was in, of, of the house was inside. You ought to underline that. None of the men of the house was inside. This was a big mistake Joseph made. Big mistake. Big mistake. You, you can't allow yourself to get into that compromised position. You have to be wiser to that. But I want you to notice, even though he made mistakes, his integrity carried the day. Even though he didn't use the best wisdom here, because his heart was right, God protected him. Now, it looked like he didn't get protected. Uh, 
It happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that Potiphar's wife caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. So it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them saying, see, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me and I cried out with a loud voice and it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her, uh, with her until her master came home, his master came home. Then she spoke to him, Potiphar, with words like these saying, the Hebrew servant whom you brought in to us came in to me to mock me, to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him saying, your servant did, did to me after this manner that his anger was aroused. See, this just shows you that Potiphar uh, was not, uh, you know, such a great person. He, you know, he recognized God's hand on, on Joseph and God used Potiphar but Potiphar, you see here, Potiphar was just, was just a carnal guy. So that tells me that your boss, even though he might not have a lot of star qualities, he might not be the, the greatest uh, uh, person morally, he might not have the, the greatest uh, instincts for always doing what's right. God will bless you anyway. God, God blessed Joseph up until this point through a person who had serious flaws. Because I, I'm, I don't have scripture for it, but something tells me this wasn't the first person that Potiphar's wife had gone after. Okay, she was very brazen and very bold in this. She, it sounds like she was someone who was used to having her way in this regard. And, and uh, uh, notice none of the other men stood up for him either. None of the other men came and formed a, a, a class action suit and said, you know, Potiphar's wife's been after all of us. It's probably true, but, but they kept their mouth shut. So you had a lot of negative things going on here, but in that climate, God had promoted him and blessed him. Uh, so the Lord was with Joseph. Well, the, the Joseph's master, verse 20, took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it to prosper. See, even though it looked like the worst thing that could happen to him just happened, when, when a person maintains his integrity, God will bring that person back up. God will bring you back up. God will promote you if you just do the right thing. Notice he got in trouble when he was doing his work. He came into the house to do his work. You know, he was a man that had all of the authority of Potter's household, but he was busy about his work. He was faithful to his job. Now, the devil got in there through this wicked woman and caused him trouble and Potiphar didn't have any better sense than to listen to her. And we don't know what was going on there. There might, have been a, there might be a whole lot more to this story than we know. But uh, Potiphar reacted the way he did, got mad, threw him in prison. Well, you know, that's just the end. I've worked all this time. I've been faithful to you, God. I've done the right thing. And this is how you treat me. Well, how many believe that if he had gotten that attitude, this, the rest of the story would have been different? No, he didn't change his attitude. He's, why? He's doing it unto the Lord, not unto Potiphar. What he was doing, he was doing unto the Lord, and the Lord says, I will repay you. Isn't that right? Well, do you know the rest of this story? Came to pass after these things that there was a butler and a baker who worked for Pharaoh. Now, this is interesting because he got delivered from this person, Potiphar, who, who blessed him at one point and then turned his back on him and listened to his wife. God had more blessing ahead for Joseph than what Joseph understood. So Joseph ends up in, in Potiphar's prison, 
But then the king, not, not Potiphar, but Pharaoh had two servants, his chief baker and his chief baker, uh, butler. They did something. They got thrown into prison. Both of them had a dream. And in the prison, they, when they came in, in the morning and Joseph saw them and, and said, what's wrong with you? They said, well, we've dreamed these dreams and we don't know what the interpretation of, of it is. Joseph said, the Lord will tell me what it is. So even you see there that even in prison, Joseph was still led of the Holy Spirit. He kept his attitude right and he still stayed in communion with God and he said, God will tell me. Tell me your dream. I'll give you the answer to it. So both of them gave them, told him his dream. He interpreted both of their dreams. The dream was that the butler was going to be restored to uh, Pharaoh's house and the baker was going to be killed. And it came to pass exactly the way he said. So, Pot so Joseph told the, the butler, he said, now, when this comes to pass, see, that's confidence in God. That's knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Here's this little slave boy, mistreated, sold into slavery, but over the years, he's developed a keen knowledge of God and understanding of the Spirit. He said, now, when, when this happens to you and you get promoted back to, Pharaoh, to, to Pharaoh's house, don't forget me, remember me, and speak to, to the king on my behalf. And you know what? The butler got restored and forgot him. Two years went by, two years that's a long time. He stayed in, can, can, can you stay faithful for two years? If something bad happens to you, are you good for two years? He, he stayed faithful during those two years. He was in a dungeon. And two years later, Pharaoh had a dream, called all of his magicians together. Nobody could interpret the dream. And the butler said, uh-oh, I forgot I just remembered, I knew a guy in prison two years ago that knows how to interpret dreams. His God gives him, gave him the answer. So he told Pharaoh, Pharaoh called him, you know the rest of the story, he, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream and he moved not back into Potter's, Potiphar's household, the captain of the guard, he moved into the king's household and he became second in command to Pharaoh over all of Egypt. Red with, rode with Pharaoh in his chariot. Pharaoh took his signet ring off of his finger that, uh, you know, you just don't do. Place the, his signet ring on Joseph's fig, finger and says, now you rule over all of the land. All of that happened because a man was faithful to do it unto the Lord. It looked like he, he, it looked like he got demoted. It looked like he got kicked back. He looked like, it looked like he lost his position, but he kept, he, he stayed faithful, kept his attitude right, and still trusted the leading of the Holy Spirit. He knew the Spirit of God. Time proved him. And it says that this happened to him, and he became ruler over all of Egypt, and he was 30 years old. Not bad for a 30-year-old. Not bad for a 30-something. Isn't that right? <laughs> Praise God. No, God's favor will carry you where your wisdom can't. God's favor will take you places and bring you into position that you can't position yourself into. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.